0: Business success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Join RVK for the award-winning RV on Business Show every Tuesday at 12 midday. It's not about thinking out of the box. There is no box. Only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM. This is Avi RV on Money Show. Great to have you with us once again. And yes, I'm getting very used to doing this on Zoom, and it's a whole different reality. But we're not going to go through that because I think I've given the same introduction three times. Today, we're going to be discussing something that is absolutely vital, critical, the bedrock of financial planning, and yet so many of us neglect it. I'm talking about doing a world, creating a trust, whether it's InterVivos Trust or a testamentary trust. And those are the most important things that you could do for your family. In other words, you could lay out things simply, cleanly, easily when you're not here. So when you're not here, people understand what your intentions were, who you're leaving, what to, what needs to be paid, how things should be paid, and how children should inherit. So on the line with me is Advocate Delon Subramanian, who's from APSA and is a Senior Legal and Advisory Specialist. Dylan, welcome to CHI-FM.
1: Thank you, Avi. Morning to all the guests or afternoon to all the guests at Tri FM. Great.
0: Dilon let's speak up a little bit because it's just a little bit um, um softer over there. Let's
1: start at the very beginning. Why is a will important? Okay, Avi, let's, uh, let's first start off by saying uh, I mean discussing what a will is. It's just a document yes. which indicates indicate how your possessions um, must be divided after your death. So if you're married, you, your spouse and yourself can then decide uh, on a joint or a separate will uh, and in terms of how your assets should, should be distributed to your heirs on your debt. So that is it's the, the structure of a will. Correct. 100% correct. It's just making sure that the right people okay. inherit your assets on your debt. Um, listen, there's various reasons why a will is quite important. Uh, we all have uh, collected assets during our lifetime. Even if it's not worth a much, it's a sentimental value for us and our families and friends. Um, so when you drop a wall, you'll see that those people who have special meaning in your life will be taken care of after your death. Uh, and the sentimental value will be preserved according to your wishes as well. So there's a couple, you know, there's a couple important points as to why you should get a wall done. So like I have uh, just to reiterate, it's yes. just basically depending, um uh, making sure that your assets are distributed to the right people. Um, especially when, uh, getting a will done, it, when it comes to guardianship as well, if you have minor children in your relationship, making sure that you have appointed a guardian to call them after you've passed away. Um it also avoids you uh, having a lengthy winding up process of your estate as well. That's quite important. You
0: know, always is- drafting a will, drafting a will, what people often don't realize is that the risk of not drafting a will makes any effort that one has to, to go into to draft a will almost seem insignificant because dying intestate can be a, quite a mess.
1: It can, I mean that's 100% correct. I mean if you die in te- uh, uh, without having a will so then the laws of the intestate succession act will then kick in which then basically means that your estate will be divided as per the um, the instructions or the rules uh, that applies to intestate su- succession. So, yeah, it can become quite messy, um, and especially you have a situation where your beneficiaries might not be able to, or your intended beneficiaries, I should say, uh, will not be able to inherit from your estate.
0: Well, let's take a quick break. I, we just need to uh, run to the shops quickly, but let's continue with that thought when I come back. This is RV on Business. Let's get straight back into it. So now we've created a will. You said before that if you're a married couple, you can either have a joint will
1: or two separate wills. What's the difference practically between doing that? Okay, so when you have a joint will, RV, it just allows the husband and, and, and wife to then plan together in terms of the estate planning um, you know, not to create any confusion, especially around guardianship and who should should inherit the assets, should uh there should should there be total family liberation. So should the the, the husband, the wife and children pass away, who's then gonna inherit? So that what that's what a that's what a joint uh, will allows you to do. It just allows the wife and the husband to then plan together to to ensure that they, their wishes are met. Um, With the single will, the the downside to a joint will is that uh, currently the rules uh, in terms of the master of the high court, who is the authority when it comes to deceased estates. they expect that the signed will or the originally signed will be handed into them upon death. Um, So when you do have a joint will, you find a situation where that that originally signed will is lodged with the master. um, And there could be complications in trying to get that will to resurface after the second uh, survivor has passed away. Um, so, hence, again, I mean, when it comes to joints and single wills, the, the main difference is that it just allows, in you know, a joint quality, it just allows a husband and wife to plan together.
0: Okay, fantastic. Dulon, for the next few minutes, let's, let's sort of play a scenario um, where you've got a husband and wife married, um, ANC with cruel, which is um, today mostly the most common way people are married. They have three children, um, they're all minors, and they come to you and they want to draft a will, and it's, there's, there's there's no skeletons in the cupboard, you know. They want to leave everything to each other should they pass away. But their concern is their children. You know, if one of them is still there, that's great. Um, but if they're both not there, how do we look after the children? Number one, and the other thing that the husband's paranoid about is tax. He's worried that you know if he leaves stuff directly to his children and not to his wife or to his wife via and leaves out the children, what's the most efficient way? And practical way to draft a world in that sort of um, stereotypical family.
1: Okay, Abi. So when you're looking at minor children, there's two issues you need to look at. First of all, is the financial uh, the financial part of it. Um, so they, like you correctly points out in the, in the beginning of this interview, there is something called a testamentary trust. Uh, now, this is basically a vehicle which hosts the assets of the of the deceased uh, to be managed by the uh, trustees for the benefit of the minor. Um, a testamentary trust is created through a will, so that is one good way of actually making sure that your children's inheritance are protected. I mean, you know, uh, there's various reasons around that. I mean, can you imagine if you were 18 years old and someone dropped a huge sum of money in your hands, you wouldn't want a situation uh, of, uh, of your minor child abusing those funds at that point in time. Um, and then the second part of it is also making sure that you have a guardian appointment to look after the physical well-being of your child as well. So when I say the physical well-being, remember your minor child would need to go and live with someone after after yourself uh, or all national guardians have passed away, um, and so and so that's quite important as well. Appointing a guardian to make sure um, the, the well you choose the right person in order to look after your your child and their circumstances. Um, and then coming to your other question is that uh, liquidity in the state is quite important. So when I talk about liquidity, I'm talking about cash in the estate. Um, there's a lot of fees and taxes that a state does incur after death um, and 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 that's where the life insurance or your part or your your part of your job becomes quite important because making sh- making sure that you have sufficient liquidity to ensure that your instructions are met. So like I said again, there are a, a few taxes and fees that do come about after death. Um, and making sure that you have the sufficient liquidity, which does come from life cover um, uh, predominantly, um, it just creates that liquidity so you can wind up the estate as quickly as possible. Um, to try and get around the taxes, I'm, I, I assume that you are talking about a state duty. Um, yes. Uh, just to explain to the viewers out there, so estate state duty is a tax levied within the borders of South Africa. It's an uh, it's an it's an estate tax uh, which is which is levied against your estate after death. What the law does allow you is very simply put is an abatement of three and a half million rand. So anything above three and a half million rand will then attract a tax. Um, and, and, and then the only exemption allowed on this is that if you're bequeathing it to your spouse or your, your partner, um, your lifetime partner, that, that could then, um, that will be exempt from a state duty, but to, to any other heirs that inherit from your estate, and if their amount is about three and a half million, then that amount about three and a half million will be taxed at 20%. Um, once again, Abi, when it comes to minor children, um, and giving your assets to minor children, um, yes, it is going to attract the estate duty tax if it's about three and a half million rand. So just referring back to your question as to, I mean, how to avoid uh, estate duty is that, listen, if your wife is still alive, alive, then, you know, you would obviously uh, bequeath all your assets to her uh, in order to get around the estate duty. Um, But obviously, if she's not around, then it's going to go to the children. You just got to make sure that you uh, uh, you met with your financial advisor and done a a good F&A or financial need analysis to determine what your fees or taxes are about. Um, So that that trust could then take care of your children going forward as well.
0: Just before we run to the break, you know, besides doing it through a traditional life insurer and speaking to your life, to your your financial planner, um, if somebody had to contact you through APSA, is there a mechanism, is there a product where if they did their will with you that they could sort of tick another block or take another product where they would never have to worry about in the event of the death the liquidity in the estate being swallowed up by fees, expenses, and taxes.
1: hundred percent. So I mean, listen, absolute trust does have uh, partnerships with, uh, with, with certain, uh, with certain companies in this, in this point or on this point. Um, so it's just basically a product to make sure that your fees and taxes in your estate are covered up. But like I said, again, this is, if you have done good financial planning with your advisor, there's absolutely no reason to to, to sort after these products. Um, I mean, the bottom line is that you would only need these products if you require uh, a further financial assistance or liquidity in your state on your debt.
0: Fantastic. Delon. we need to run to the shops quickly. But before we go, I just want to let everybody know that Pick and Pay Norwood has the following specials and it's valid only up until the 28th of May, 2020. So, Dylan, even this, this is for you also. You don't have to worry about it just because it's kosher, hey? Pick and pay <laughs> Whole bird for only seventy nine ninety nine. dollars Sure your wife would kill you because you can get it cheaper, but not kosher, I'm sure. Pick and pay butchery kosher o roll vorse, which is ninety nine ninety nine per kilo. Pick and pay kosher lean mints is also ninety nine point nine nine per kilo. And pick and pay hake for 120 rand, sorry, 129 rand 99. Well call that 130 rand a kilo for mince. Pick and pay Norwood, the mall that has all the specials. The team at Pick and Pay Mall which is you a chag, shavuot, sameach, and sameach. That's a happy Jewish holiday, Delon, coming up on Friday. Craig, let's take a quick ad break. We'll be back in a moment. This is RV on Business. Welcome back to 101.9 FM. This is the RV on Money Show. And on the line with me is Delon. Sir Ramanian, who is a senior legal and advisory specialist at APSA. And I think at this point I can say someone I work very closely with, someone who I um, confide in when it comes to my will and trust and everything that I need for my family. And the reason why um, the the company that I work for, Discovery, has got this relationship with APSA is because the level of service is almost nothing that you have received from a similar sort of institution. There's no stencil. You don't get an email saying, please fill in the details and come back to us. It's a personal phone call. It's a personal Zoom session these days. Or previously, it was a visit. And hopefully, it will become a visit again if that's necessary. But your will is drafted personally and is drafted for you. Zolana, I just want to add quickly for our listeners is that there is um, a, a conflict between Jewish law and civil law when it comes to drafting of wills, and the baked dean, the Johannesburg or the South African Jewish Court um, does have a Jewish will and if that's something that you're sensitive about or you're concerned about please be in touch with the base dean and get a copy of a will and discuss it with your legal expert like Delon to make sure that when you pass away, God forbid that there's no conflict from a religious point of view. The purpose of a will is to make things easy and smooth and it's almost a trauma, it is it's a traumatic experience that you only actually really need to go through once. Unless you have a life-changing event, you move country, you have another child, you change jobs, you get remarried, or you get married. But otherwise, your world's done once. And as your children become um, adults from being minors, you can adjust it. But you go through that trauma once. So now um, let's just quickly go through the people that are mentioned in the world, because we use these terms. And people don't often know who they are. So let's start with the obvious one, obvious one, a guardian. What is a guardian
1: and who can be a guardian? Okay, Avi, so a guardian is basically the person um, uh, that is placed in your world to look after the needs, the physical needs of your child after death. So this is the person that your child will continue living with and would receive that parental guidance um, as if you were still alive. Uh yeah, they would have received if you were still alive. So that's what I call the,
0: lo- the The logic there is to use someone that obviously the children would be comfortable
1: to live with or to be chaperoned by. Correct, correct, Avi. So so when you look at certain situations, I mean, clients uh, uh, nowadays, uh, I mean, this world is, uh, is so small right now, and immigration is so rife. So you may have a situation where a lot of clients appoint guardians that uh, live abroad. Um, one should take into account uh, the immigration procedure because that still needs, still needs to be applied. Um, and obviously the court procedure in South Africa, whereby the new guardians are appointed as the guardians um, of, of, of the minor child.
0: Okay, so that's the guardian. Am I right in saying that the guardian's not necessarily the same person who will have the responsibility should you create a trust for the children to look after
1: that money? They can be separate people. 100 percent. So I for I for one would not appoint the guardian and trustee uh, on on a will. Um, The reason for is just the fear of abuse of funds. Uh, You do have these situations where sometimes you appoint the you have clients who appoint the guardians um, and the trustee as one and the same person. Um, listen, I, I'm not to cast any doubts over it, but uh, for me in particular, it does become a bit of a, a, um, um, a risk because if that guardian or trustee um, has a, a lapse of good judgment, uh, they could abuse that money or could invest that money incorrectly. So you can appoint the guardian um, as a trustee, but uh, i always say appoint them as a co-trustee and have an independent trustee on your testamentary trust.
0: Great. And then the, the elephant in the room, the one that people not quite sure how to pronounce what to call it or what it really does, the executor on their state. Um, you know, uh, I'm sure you've seen, but I've seen many times where there's an executor, someone who is wholly inappropriate to do it. Wonderful person, ethical, above board, great standing in the community, but has not a clue about Rana winding up in the state. You know, who should be an executor and how many executors can one have?
1: Okay. So when you appoint an executor, I mean, you can have, um, you can have one or two executors entirely up to you. Um, an executor is basically the person that is, is put in charge of administrating your state and making sure that the, the, the taxes and fees of the administration process is taken care of, uh, and to ensure that your heirs, uh, do in, inherit your, your, assets there afterwards, uh, as per the wishes of your, of your will. Um uh sorry, I've been your second question, um, second the second
0: question.
1: was.
0: Uh, who who uh, but who should be a, a, an executor and what type of professional qualification they should have.
1: Okay, so listen, the, the the master of the high court is very uh very clear on this. So an executor is a registered executor. Um you got a lot of uh, attorneys, uh, uh, trust companies out there that can be an executor on your will. Like I said again, you can appoint your family member or a, um, or a friend to be a co-, someone that you trust basically a trusted person to be a co-executor with the person that you choose to be the executor. That's just to ensure that your, 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 your wishes and your will are met. Um, generally I, listen, I, I, I normally would advise clients to appoint a co-executor just to make sure that, um, obviously the co-executor will understand a little bit. Better in terms of what the test data, that's the person who's making out the will, would require in terms of his will and how his money should be invested and how it should, how it should be distributed to his, um, or yeah, how it should be looked after the, after his death after his distributed to the heads. So you can appoint a co-executor, um, yeah, um, but yeah, basically I would have someone. I mean, do your research. Make sure that the executive that, that you are appointing has a, a history in terms of what they're doing um, and, and they have a good uh, clean slate in terms of dealings with the master of the high court. Fantastic. Dilan, in the closing minutes of, the,
0: of this interview, what points would you um, like to highlight to people that are important when it comes to wills?
1: Okay. So, Avi, besides the points that we've already spoken about, I think for me quite important is that when you're drafting a will, make sure that the language in the world is quite simple. Um, You'll find it nowadays or in the, in the past as well, where you have a lot of people drafting wills get uh, quite complicated with the words and that sort of thing. Um, that could create further confusion uh, for the executor when you're trying to interpret the will. So always make sure that you use plain, simple language. Um, like I said, again, if there's minor children, then, you know, a guardian should be appointed. Um, make sure that when you're creating a testamentary trust, you're aware of the fees in your estate, which leads me to a next point when it comes to liquidity. Um, you know, being in this industry for quite a number of years, I've seen time and time again, how many clients, um, have fallen victims to an estate being, uh, not liquid. Um, which creates further delays in terms of administrating the estates uh, f- and then, and, and further frustration and stress for the, for the, for the beneficiaries of, in the estate as well. So, simple language, liquidity, um, and guardianship, I think those are the most important things. Fantastic. And then lastly, Dilan, how do people get hold of you? Okay, so, Avi, like I said again, I work for Apps of Trust, um, so, um you can, uh, you can get a hold of me on my mobile number, which is 072-635-1816 if you need further information on trust and the wills. Uh, alternatively, you can go to your nearest Absa branch and request the number for Absa Trust, and you can get in contact with our tele-sales um, uh, or uh, tele-consultants who can assist you with the drafting of your will as well. Right, And lastly,
0: if you uh not quite sure, just get a hold of CHI-FM, ask them to... Uh, Ask me for Delon's details and I'll gladly share them. Delon, thank you so much for your time.
1: You're welcome, Avi. It was great chatting to you guys. Great. Thank you. Thanks
0: everybody for the Just want to wish um, everybody a hug, uh, a good yant of coming up for Shavuot on Friday and Shabbat. And it should just be, uh, it's going to be interesting going to show, not hearing um, the laning that we usually hear not going to Tikkun Lal to learn through the night and uh, all the uh, the customs that go with that on, on Yontif morning. But uh, we can still celebrate at home, and we will celebrate at home, and I'm sure we'll be feeling somewhat uncomfortable towards the end of, of Friday afternoon from all the milk ricks, all the milk food that we can eat um, as is customary on Shavuot. But, Craig, thanks for pushing the buttons, DJ Flow. Thanks for putting it together. Jalan, have a great day, and we'll speak to you later.